So Tara and I were just nerding out about your podcast. Uh, I'm blown away the fact that you can actually that you pumped out so many. Oh yeah, they're just the I have those yarns every day, and that's <laughs> oh, <laughs> so sometimes okay. I record them if it looks like they're going to be really good. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And I, I guess if there's no production, like I, I like the I, I finish talking and then I just um, I upload it straight away. So I don't do it. Oh, do that's why editing or anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, we are. I make our process more convoluted. So. Yeah. Well, Anchor FM is just like it goes out to Spotify and everything, and and it's just you know it's 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 the easiest thing you'd ever use. Uh, so you know, I haven't got time to Anchor. do anything else. Yeah, yeah that's what I was wondering because it seems like you're incredibly active in the community, and you know, obviously working full time. Mm. I you know this has been a, a loving, laborious project for us, mm. but. It's awesome. Hey, are you? Do you do advertising? Not yet. Not yet. Ah, cool. at, at, do you guys? No, no, not at all. Uh, I was just, okay. I was just interested because I've been really paying attention to the ads in podcasts lately. I've seen some interesting patterns. Oh, in terms of people having ads in their podcasts? Yeah, yeah, especially the ones that they read out. Yeah, not the like <laughs> yeah, the ones that are all NPR and shit. That they're, they're all like you know, it's just whatever the platform yeah. wants them to do, and it's kind of random. And I'll often direct people to other podcasts, but no, it's the ones that they read out when they're getting sponsored. Um, and it's just really interesting sometimes the vertical integration that's going on with the ide- ideology that's being sold, and then the physiological effects that come from having that ideology, and and then how they then sell the. <laughs> Uh a diet that exacerbates that body heat and then they you know and then all the products that you need to try and you know keep your balls cool and (laughs) fucking amazing i used to uh listen to alec jones oh yeah yeah yeah, to get a fucking dive into some interesting shit yeah yeah and uh that reminds me of that kind of integration, right? Oh, Where you're like, oh, yeah. it's an entire, I don't want to call it an ecosystem because that has an implication that yeah. there might actually be something healthy and, and intelligent yeah. going on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it has a kind of intelligence, but definitely a perverse, you know, yeah. kind of malignant, cancerous intelligence. Well, that was all really brilliantly done. It totally. was all their own right. yeah. The marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or, but in the, they would also do stuff with monetary shit with like gold and silver, but they, would be using services that were charging like rates that were not related to market value and like taking people for a ride. And it was really impressive actually. Yeah. No, but yeah, they were doing, they were, they were on some other shit, but there is a podcasting ecosystem and particularly around the intellectual dark web that I've been, been Mm. very much, um, um, I, I pretty much joined the intellectual dark web. Really? Like, uh, just having a look around and, and I've made friends in there, you know, <laughs> and it's really how, interesting. how would you define the IDW these days? Because yeah. like, um, I haven't really paid much attention. I've never since the pandemic oh, happened. Can... I've been more plugged into like, you know, game B. Yeah. No sphere. Yeah. Well, Meta geek space. Well, that that's what it is. Those guys are all oh, okay. in the orbit. They're kind of in the orbit there. It's really interesting. It's um everything's a big bag now because you need, you know, anything needs a lot of uh, a lot of 
a lot of eyeballs or ear holes on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so, so it's always a lot of things. So, you know, QAnon now is like, um, you know, they've got a lot of doors into QAnon, including like, you know, astrology yeah. and, you know, like, oh, just anything you like, Bigfoot, Flat Earth, fucking, you know, a million different things, any rational yeah. belief. They've got an algorithmic front door to that, and they're just recruiting from left and right, literally, you know, all over yeah. the shop. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. IDW is, um, you know, it's kind of like a gateway. There's a this gateway drug, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And they don't, they don't, they're not designing it that way. They don't know they're doing that, but that's their role mm. in the ecosystem. Everything, mm. there's this big meta system that's just funneling people towards these things. And so they, all people get sort of hijacked. Movements right. get hijacked. Bloody shows get hijacked. Yeah, you know, and they don't even know what's happened because mm. it's not a person doing it. It's right. um, mm. and it's not an algorithm doing it. Like you know, oh, it's the the fucking uh, singularity or anything. It's not even right. Google. It's not even a you know a, a corporation. Right. It's such a an ecosystem now that it's a its own self organizing dynamic system. Right. And it is self-organizing and we're all nodes in that so it's right. like, that sounds terrifying because it's completely <laughs> i mean in some ways it's kind of great because it's unregulated right but also in its scary sense it's unregulated yeah you oh know? yeah there's that but anyway look we there's a lot in that we could probably yeah I mean, that when in the thing we, we pro- we're probably firing all our best shots right now we're not even recording <laughs> oh i just started i just i always just hit it oh anyway but, but, but we do, this is not uh you know we should probably yeah have but, but have is something it, a little more you can, formal if you edit oh, yeah. if you edit stuff then you can but it is totally. it's kind of scary it's kind of not because it's kind of how things need to be like that dynamic self-organizing complex system mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. that's what we need you know but right then at the right. same time it has to be the right thing so if you've ever come across that thought experiment, the paperclip monster, have you ever seen yeah, that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's, paperclip it's optimizer, thing. Lucas, you've heard Schmachtenberger riff on this shit before. I know. That's why it sounds so familiar. Yeah. Can that's you him. Me the- I told you I was in. I told you I was. <laughs> yeah, baby. We're, we're, we're yeah. in the same we're pool, my friend. We're yeah. team Schmachty. Hey, here. there we go. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's very hard. I, I've seen like libs try to like debunk him and, and, and geez, they suck. Really? Um, yeah, you know on. what I mean. I went. I went and listen to me just saying libs. Like anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this didn't say libtards. <laughs> I like that. Wilksters, you know. Um, yeah, people. People know there's something wrong there. <laughs> yeah, and they. Yeah. but they can't find it. So it's just like they, they intuit that there's some evil in there somewhere, and um, mm. they can't quite put their finger on it. But it, I guess it's because I mean they're getting a sense, like I said, from the complex system, of of um, kind of where he and all the adjacents around him are placed. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, for people who are looking to do some, you know, oh, just sense making. You know, Sam Harris, I'm gonna just kind of make some sense, and well, let's just calm down for a minute and look at the data. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, and it's like, well, yeah, well, how many, uh, how many deaths are, are there really? You know, let's look at the statistics. You know, and, and right. it's like, mm, how many rapes really? And it's like, well, right. you know, yeah. 
What I do like about Game so, B, though, those is Those are they, the ones you can count, though, friend. Yeah, they don't yeah, like right? cherry picking. What about the ones that don't exist because yeah. nobody ever tracks oh, them man. because those people don't weren't ever fucking taxed to begin with? Don't even give me fucking I feel like I'm poking the bear on this one. Like, we do, friend, know that most, we do know that most rapes are not reported. And then we do right, know right, that most rape kits are never opened. They just go into right. storage. Mm-hmm. And we do know that even the tiny amount that do get pro, pro, do go to court, they get thrown out. Because you can easy yeah. he said he said she said that and it's like well yeah. who's to say whether or not you wanted this guy to bite your cheek off you know maybe right. you were asking for it you know and, and it goes on and on like that yeah. um, but you're you're highly likely to actually get that prosecution through if you're a white woman who's accusing a black man in the United States you know no so doubt. therefore mm-hmm. it's yep. like well let's just look at the facts let's look at the data mm-hmm. there's this many white women being raped by black women and how many by men, white men five mm-hmm. just there's only been five rapes by white men in the whole last year so right. you know I don't want to make this about race but if you want to go there you know, right, exactly. It's like you're a fucking idiot, bros. Um, yeah. Anyway, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Yeah. But what I like about yeah. the game B when they don't tend to do that, they they they, they kind of, you know, and they call each other out on it, and they they try to hold each other mm-hmm. to some kind of standard of rigor, and um, mm-hmm. and I I've, 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 I've enjoyed that. Um, yeah, it sounds Daniel. Great. Daniel's yeah. amazing, and he's like uh, been really generous with his time with me to try and get my oh, really? my thinking into some sort of shape. You know, because yeah. um, most of my thinking is just fucking pop science and party tricks. You know, and um, <laughs> Dan- uh, I don't dude, know. I'm going to bullshit on that right now. I just <laughs> reread oh. and listened to Stan talk and yeah. spent like eight hours in your podcast world. Your thinking is not shit. Yeah. Like, uh, sorry, no, but uh, there's a lot of party tricks in there, and and like I can see that. And I'm not being self-deprecating, like uh, and you know, bullshit humble or anything. But you know, people who are good thinkers, like um, mm. you know, I like I spent three hours um a while back with like one of the top economists in Australia, and he was just like, you know, he just called me on it straight away, and then he spent the next three hours jumping me through hoops, like this this sort of masterclass. I'm just getting my thinking, um, you know, mm. like like just showing me all the, the, the sort of rough diamond parts of my thinking. Mm. Um, but not like just telling it to me, like critiquing. He wasn't into that. He was testing me. And he made me jump through so many hoops and it was it was amazing. But Daniel Schmachtenberger cool. did the same thing. I had to like sleep for two yeah. days after I fucking talked to him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was... Because <laughs> he feels like great. a personal trainer for your mind, right? Oh, oh. Yeah. If he if he if he respects you enough to genuinely run you through your paces, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's legit, bro. And to like that's just cool. flog you around the ring, it's like it's it's like a really intense martial arts training um, mm-hmm. exercise. You know, it's um yeah one of those homegrown minds he's got, and and it's um it's it's quite wonderful. But but also like really hard. You got to bring your A game, and then yeah, be prepared are you to find out that your A game is shit? <laughs> <laughs> Are you working in the with the Consilience project at all? Speaking of Schmakti, yeah, a little bit uh, on the education side. I'm doing a couple of papers with uh, oh, what's the name there? Oh, who's the education guy? What's Zach wrong with Stein? Me? Zach Stein, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Zach. Yeah. yeah. So um, I love Zach's work. Yeah, we're working on a couple of papers. He's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I don't know if he He's likes on the wish me. List. Yeah, yeah. Like, Why do you say that? 
<laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I, um, I don't know. I just got the the sense that he was like, oh, this guy swears too much. Or <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> but he, he, he's cool, though. We, we've had, we've had some good yarns, and um, yeah, we're working on these papers. Um, I'm just waiting on the next one to come back. Um, yeah, and it's good with the, that with those things. A lot of the those papers, you know, we're not even going to be putting our names on them. Right. Um, you know what I mean? That oh yeah, that's they're going to be yeah. sort of crowd written almost, and and it's it's more about because there's this thing where people want to follow the who. You know, people say this thing: who, who are you yeah. reading? You know, because right, right. everything's about well, who's this person and what's their profile, and like you know, what's their virtue signals and 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 what what are their politics? Because I need to know what that algorithm is so I can find out whether it's or not the modification I'm of the that. subject, man. So yeah, I think I, yeah. I I think that there's a whole heap of stuff like that 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 the schmack's built into his um, consilience project that's deadly, but he also made it mortal. Yeah. Like he's gone, okay, it dies in five years. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think mm-hmm. I think that's that's complete genius right there. But because I think the whole point, right, is that um hold on. Sorry. Yeah. I think the whole point is that um you know he he lets you behind the curtain, right? He shows you how we, they do everything and he's and everything's very um you can you can learn the whole process of how to actually make a new sort of node of information distribution yeah right and so then it becomes like its own living thing that's, yeah that's what i understand to be the hope for it so. yeah but also like this sort the of built-in a built-in meta-analysis mm-hmm. um and and not just one that someone else is doing for you you know they've got some ais sort of moving stuff around like that um mm-hmm. and people writing things that are in that meta sort of space but but he's mm-hmm. trying to set it up i believe so that um so that that a meta analysis just becomes part of your habit of of reading news mm-hmm. you know that that you're looking uh looking beyond just just not just the headline but you know beyond the article beyond the data beyond the sources that you're looking beyond that to where it's sort of sitting in that ecosystem of you know knowledge and geopolitics and you know interests and Do you- and all the rest it's like a sense making kung fu class, bro. <laughs> yeah, like for real. You know, like yeah. breaking down all the capacities and skills that you need to actually be able to, in the current information ecology, think for yourself. Yeah. In a way that has potentially some utility for being able to, you know, make meaning and make choice, That's and it. really trying to seed that, like as you say, Lucas, get under the hood, but get under the hood of of the principles and protocols and process mm. by which you know if you get these pieces theoretically if you get these pieces in terms of like um cognitive skills and then also learn these tools of how to work with the various information streams then you don't have to put anybody else in charge and seed your sense-making capacity or your choice making or meaning making to someone else you can do it yourself now it's a big job still right so like i don't know that all of us will be able to do all the things but the more of us that really continue to refine those skills, hmm. you know, then the more we can collaborate in ways that actually have the potential to really be fruitful as opposed to, you know, Tyson, like we were saying at the beginning of this yarn, like how everybody's getting hijacked and co-opt and like, you know, 
infiltrated, mm. not even because anyone's trying yeah. to, but just because we've mm-hmm. all become part of this system that has an oh, intelligence it's, it's that we don't really happens. understand in any way, right? <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you get you, you, you're saying some really reasonable shit, and you, you're in the kind of uh, Joe Rogany kind of constellation, you know, you're not quite IDW or you're around there, but mm-hmm. if you are IDW, then you're definitely in this, but you know, you could just be adjacent. So you could just be in the mm-hmm. psychedelics community or you could be in the intentional community community, you know, any mm-hmm. of these ones that are all sort of feeding into that uh, big swirling galaxy there. Now, if you're in that, mm-hmm. then, um, you know, and and you can't, and and you're kind of making sense. Then then people come there and, and feel comfortable with you. People who who are in on shifting sands about about their gender, about their identity, about and they're feeling a, a um you know a, a big punch in the guts from a, a sort of a loss of unearned privilege and power that they'd never sort of mm-hmm. they've never actually seen it or noticed that before but they're feeling the loss of something they don't know what it is you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then they start to mm-hmm. hear these calm voices talking or you know and and then and, and with the occasional spike of like rage <laughs> or outrage or, or whatever and they sort of go in and they feel like oh i found community and they go in there and um you know and they're being so and and and, and it's not long before Suddenly, you you find that you're on a high protein diet. <laughs> you know what I mean in that constellation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're on yeah. a high protein diet, and you're thinking, "Oh wow, well testosterone therapy is working for that guy," you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 you're carrying around all this unexpressed and unexamined sort of rage, which is really just mm-hmm. fear of, of of a loss, a loss of leverage mm-hmm. in the world. And and I mean, you know, and you're barely surviving anyway, so. You know, you yeah. feel like losing that leverage is like that's a that's a threat on your life. So you're in fight or flight yeah. the whole time, absolutely terrified and angry. You know, and it's what are these bitches doing to me? We can't even say bitches anymore. Mm-hmm. What you know what I mean? And you're coming in and you're listening, and yeah. somebody's talking up and making a lot of sense, and go, oh well, it's just this and this and this. You know, and and uh, yeah, so so it's the audience, but then the podcast themselves start to get shaped because they start to get uh, offered advertising. You know. Um, for all these people who are listening, who that they can't quite understand why their bodies are, are getting so hot, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're getting proper, like even if they're not full blown, you know, they're turning the frogs gay kind of thing. They're on their way, you know, and 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 the, the red face, but it's their balls. All these products are about their balls and how hot they're getting. Yeah. They're getting hot mm, yeah. balls. And so they, they, so and all of a sudden you see all the same vertically integrated products, you know, coming out of, because mm. they're being fed this diet, this ideological diet, but then an actual diet that's high protein and all the rest. And, um, that they have to supplement them with athletic greens, by the way, that's one of the products you see. Right. Up. And then, but then it's like, Oh, my balls are just wet all the time. And I said, well, we got some special underwear from that. It's like fucking astronauts. Right. With this, that's right. You know, and, and, and it breathes and it holds your balls up and out of the way. So that they're not rubbing on your It's got silver leg. nitrate in it too. Yeah. And yeah. And it's just protection. protection. Yep. And then, well, but then it ends up like you've just got this cup of sweat hanging in, in these in this <laughs> little codpiece, you know, two hours in. So it's like, well, what the fuck? Oh, well, we've got uh, special deodorant from that, some industrial space age shit right, deodorant. Right. Um, so they're selling them this high-powered deodorant. They're like, 
completely prevents you from sweating. Doesn't stop you getting hot though. Right. So you're heating up. You're heating up more and more. And it's like, well, I got to get this yeah. hair off me. So we're going to sell you the manscape. You know. <laughs> so because you know, if you're going to be shaving down there, we want to. You want to have yeah. a highly specialized tool because men are complicated beings. The, you know. <laughs> crazy, crazy thing is, yeah. I have seen that that commercial. <clears throat> but more, you know, like your dick's not getting hard anymore, so you need Bluetooth. Yeah. You need blue shoes to make it dick hard for all the pussy you're not getting yep. and, and all the women that you're angry with for not giving it to you. And then, you right. know, oh, my God. And this is these are all, like, alumni of the pickup artistry schools mm-hmm. from all the message mm-hmm. boards, you know, uh, all these sort of failed MGTOWs and, and, and incels and yep. gamer gators and, and they don't know what to do. They've all grown up. And come out the other side, and they still haven't been laid properly yet, or, or they're rarely laid, and 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 walking around with this permanently rock hard dick from all the blue chews <laughs> on their perfectly smooth balls that they've manscaped the fuck out of, um, you know, and it's just all hot. Not, like, it's hot and angry as fuck. And in your yeah. country, fifty percent of all the mass shootings are done by people who've committed violence who've been convicted of violence against women, particularly uh, domestic violence. That's 50%, yep. you know? And I would strongly wager that if you looked at the uh, internet activity of the other 50%, <laughs> you'd find that they were on their way, and the only reason they haven't hit a woman yet is because they haven't met a woman yet. <laughs> you know? Well, or their yeah. children. Or their children. Yeah, or exactly. their children, because what's even more yeah. fucked up is that we have a lot of mass shootings by children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is a truly disturbing thing yeah. to consider. That's it. Um, yeah. I mean, well, the, but those children are on those message boards, and they're like before they totally. exactly before they've even Not got any head to manscape. They're they're like going, oh fuck. Well, I'm never going to get before a they've got any real. You know, fully yeah. formed. And if I do get a girlfriend, it's not going right. to be a tier one girlfriend. You know, because right. um, I'm not an alpha male. Um, you know, right. I really want to be a Sigma male because the Sigma males get all the pussy. And, um, but I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm a bloody Delta male at best. I'm not getting any of those tier one women. And if I do get it, mm-hmm. I, I just, and if I can't get a tier one woman, then I don't want any woman because I deserve that. Cause that's the girl in my video games, you know, but then mm-hmm. even if I do get her, if I get enough money or whatever it takes to get a tier one girl, then she's just going to be like humoring me and looking for the first chance to run off and fuck somebody else, you know? And so then you get, you know, uh, Jordan Peterson, who he's very reasonable. <laughs> and he's like, we just look at the data. I'm an empiricist. And really we need to find a way for the government to enforce monogamy, because if we don't do right. that, all these young men are going, they, where are they going to come? You know? Um, right. And he doesn't say it like that, but, you know, I, I'm just, you know, paraphrasing about eight books and a thousand hours of YouTube videos into one weird, oh. weird little bit. But, you know, it's like uh, uh, whether he's saying that or not, that's what people are hearing because it's where he's being positioned in the ecosystem that's giving the message. He doesn't control his message. His message comes mm-hmm. out of his mouth or out of his computer. But, you know, the message is wherever he's placed in the ecosystem mm-hmm. and, and, the, and, and, and everyone keeps throwing their hands up in the air and go, Oh, why am I being, you know, and, and everyone's like, Oh, terrified of being canceled. And they're 
like constantly that's all right. they talk about you know they've got some good ideas they're psychologists they're scientists but um like i don't know three quarters of the time is spent just lamenting um postmodernism wokeism all the rest you know so mm-hmm. it kind of is becoming their science is becoming pseudoscience because it can mm-hmm. all their points can only exist in opposition to something else you know, and that's by right, definition, that's, that's what pseudoscience is. So they get, and, and they can't even see themselves being manipulated by this massive self-organizing system into that role. And it's changing their knowledge and they don't even see it. Um, <laughs> so that they're just mm-hmm. doing this reactive thing all the time. Um, because that's where they sit in the ecosystem. It doesn't matter how reasonable they are, whether they're just uh, just recommending Nietzsche for young men to read. Why? What? What? There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. That's Nietzsche isn't racist. That's that's just some normal shit. Well, yeah, it is. But there's um, you know, there's a sequence that you go through when you're mm-hmm. getting radicalized into whatever, and every single person on the planet is radicalized or in the act of being radicalized into some goddamn group. That's what's happening. Mm. Everyone's being radicalized and put into their little group identity or into a cluster of intersectionalities, you know, or, and all the disciplines mm-hmm. are being moved into that. So around the intellectual dark web, you find that's get that's the, into that vortex is being sucked. All of these things, um, you know, uh, capitalism 2.0, like, you know, capitalism with feels, uh, stakeholder capitalism, um, mm-hmm. uh, freaking intentional mm-hmm. communities, uh, the psychedelics movement, the um, uh, complexity science. Complexity science was yeah. just so important that nobody wants to hear about it, but but they do in in that realm and in the sense making realm because you know that's people who are prepared to do a bit of thinking. Um, right. But it's ended up being in that constellation, so everything everything's getting restructured into these kind of you know uh, clusters of disciplines that seem unrelated. But um, yeah. So <laughs> astrology, astrology and, um, you know, uh, raw foods and stuff like that, that's all in Q- QAnon now. That's in the same, yeah. the same freaking place as, as Bigfoot and Chupacabra and Flat Earth and, you know, and Donald Trump is here to save us all. That's all in one spot over there. There's these, um, just these weird clusters of, strange bedfellows that are being formed and it's like oh where's the paperclip monster taking us with that <laughs> yeah. so that's a you know you guys know the paperclip monster thought experiment that's where they they make a an artificial general intelligence whose only job is to optimize paperclip production uh from American. from mining to to point of sale kind of thing so it just uh you know it does it all but but in the end Inevitably, it just turns the entire right. planet into this big pile of paper clips, and everything's dead. Um, and then it blasts off into space, and that's right. It goes on the Dyson sphere of the sun and yeah. takes the entire system <laughs> apart, and makes just, more paper clips. Eventually, the universe is paper clips. You know, exactly. um, yeah, and and that's and, and, and with no well, with no like malice, right. with no malice whatsoever. But we just we do oh, have right. this, uh, you know, fully automated. You know, uh, self-organizing system right now, in uh, uh, in which each of us is a node within that system, um, all being directed towards all these actions, mm-hmm. and we're all doing it. And it's yeah, we're part of that that big intelligence, and that's kind of exciting because that's how things should be. However, <laughs> it's not land-based, and if it's not land-based and governed by the law of the land, then it will kill everything. 
exactly. Yeah. That's so what I was how, do we, how do we get off that and build the and build the other thing, or, or at least start the other system to the point where it can become complex enough to compete with this uh, paperclip monster, bros? Yeah, I don't know. I, that's what I'm, <clears throat> my question is, is: Do you think that we can even get off this, you know, this sort of self-eating, this ta- this snake eating its tail kind of system, um, unless we can address major climate issues in so far as like our relationship, realizing that we are not separate from nature. We are nature. We're not separate from the earth. We are the earth because the earth is sick because we are sick. Yeah. We cause the earth to be sick. Yeah. Thing. Uh, it's, I, it is really tricky, but I mean, I think yeah. you're, um, uh, I don't know your kindergarten space for that. I, I believe is complexity theory. That's why I've like thrown. I'm all in mm-hmm. on complexity theory as a lens. I think that's a good transitional story uh, to get to the story where we need to be. You know, you need to be able to see. Um, you know what the schmack refers to is that those closed loops. You know, mm-hmm. you, you need to see the closed loops that are in a, a healthy system. Um, you know. Uh, where, where things aren't created or destroyed, but they, you know, it, it keeps feeding back through. And then you see the closed loops that go across systems where, you know, one system's entropy is the next system's lunch. You need to be able to see all that. You need to see the loops that have been opened and figure out how to close them. Uh, you also need to see the big feedback loops um, of externalities, you know, um, where, where every action is creating externalities. And, um, mm. you know, basically the... Um, you know, these uh, Western-educated, industrialized, rich, democratic countries um, where everybody's enjoying these technological spaces that are free of violence, et cetera, they, they're only existing in that state because all that violence has been outsourced to somewhere else. The mm-hmm. entropy has been outsourced to somewhere else. So all the externalities mm-hmm. that produce that are being visited tenfold on uh, somebody else somewhere else. That was exemplified today for me on a on my jog, where I was jogging through this intersection, and a, a big old a giant SUV pulled up, and it said "Defender" on the front. <laughs> Hold the line! Hold the line! <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you defend him, and you hit that thing hits anything, it's gonna crumble. Yeah, and, but it's like that, you know. You're it's living Defending in the, the addiction world. to petrochemicals, bro. Come yeah. on. Captain, <laughs> I've, I've got a question. Nuts. I've got a question for you. Um, you. I have. I am hoping that you will talk a little bit about what it means from your perspective for law that is land based. Um, you talk a lot about first law, and I think that you know, in terms of someone who didn't grow up in the same cultural space that you did and i think that a lot of our listeners probably did not as well um, yeah i think it'd be really helpful uh if you could talk a little bit about what what that means and yeah. how that works and what yeah. makes it inviolable um well for a start some it's, part it's, of me resonates never... with that but i don't really understand yeah i don't know that i understand what actually it means yeah well how could you it's really hard like <laughs> yeah but um <laughs> yeah it's, it's never too late to grow up first of all <laughs> you know, love it. Um, it's never too late yeah. to grow up, and 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 somebody has to grow you up. You know, and that, and that's an embedded thing. You know, um, you know, there's a pedagogy to this to coming to that knowledge of of that uh, of the law of the land. Um, mm. 
and, and it's in stages. But like I said, I think complexity theory is a very good stepping stone to it mm-hmm, because, okay. you know, you, you're understanding um, the laws of physics as laws of, of limits, you know, limits limits that are there, you know, and that they're there for a reason. Um, so Schmachtenberger, he, he does that uh, uh, thermodynamics really well. And he and he'll he'll pull from anywhere, so he does it with a Bible quote. But then he then he breaks it down even further to like it's easier to break shit than to make shit, <laughs> you know. So it's like looking at these laws of physics, um, and and the only thing that's missing then is story. So you need really good story of cautionary tales, and arguably at this moment in history, we're creating the cautionary tales. We're living the cautionary tales yeah. that will become legends that people will still be talking about in 20,000 years if, you know, we get through this. People will be going, oh, shit, and then this guy did that. <laughs> yeah, because mm-hmm. um, you need that story, you know. So first peoples yeah. are the people who are carrying the stories, you know, and in our stories we still have the sounds um, of megafauna that's long extinct, megafauna that died out 13 years ago we can still make the the mating call of that animal we know what color its fur was what markings were on its skin um its mating habits its its foraging habits all these kinds of things you know so there's a lot of data that comes through an old story and so that kind of proves that i mean how's your floppy disks going there you know, the the only safe place to store data <laughs> in the long term is in, uh, in in intergenerational story, intergenerational oral history. It's really the only way to do it uh, safely in the long term because, you know, all of this data, this podcast, everything else, that's going to be gone not in five minutes. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to find that again. And that's why none of us have got family photos anymore because, like, every few years we lose the lot when the thing changes, you know. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, we might think, oh, I'm keep, but I'm keeping it in photo bucket. I'm keeping it on this platform. Or well, that's just some servers that are like very, very, very vulnerable. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's so that's important. Um, and I, I kind of just wanted to get the importance of story across because um, story or the LORE, that law, you know, that's a way of carrying the law for human beings from all all history you know it carries the sort of the stories that help transmit the knowledge of, of the law law of the land and the law is in the land you know and um at its simplest level you you can see it with the limits that are communicated to you by the land if you're in a profound state of observation all the time where you're observing the complexities, you learn that law in that way. But there are also deeper layers and levels of law and knowledge that you can only come through, come to through initiation and profound transformation um, uh, so that you can access all of your mind, which you find as you start to move through is, is not brain-bound or body-bound, but extends out into all your relations, all your relationships. And it can go as far as, as far as whatever you can make a relationship with, make a connection with through story in that way, you know. And, um, yeah, so on that line of connection between you and anything, human, non-human, on that line of connection, you know, you beautify and elaborate um, and complexify that knowledge in that space there, and that's where you keep it. That's where it's kept. 
You know, so anytime you link to that uh, that entity, you you find that knowledge there. Um, you know, so that's how your deep memory works. So for you know, in the night sky, that that's a that's a map, that's a story map of the landscape that reflects uh, the landscape and the stories and the mappings, that spatial cognition that you inhabit mm-hmm. on the Earth as well, and you're in between these two maps facing each other. So every time you look up, you know, the night sky is like this vast mnemonic device where, you know, just a, a, a brief portion of that sky, one constellation, you know, contains terabytes of information for you. Um, and not just you as an individual, uh, because there's a certain amount you can get on your own, but there's more if you're together with others. If you're in ceremony or you're in that yarning space where, you know, it's you kind of put all your minds together and it's one big mind mm-hmm. that's drawing on the power of all your relational networks together, that's some quantum computing shit right there. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and that is how, <clears throat> how you uh, introduce, you know, uh, how you regulate the migration of species, which happens all the time. How you regulate which new species come in, which old species move on. That's how you regulate, you know, the changes to the landscape, what needs to be replaced. So there's been, you know, climate change. So the diprotodons have died off. It's like, well, who's going to eat all that fuel load? Um, there's nothing else coming in. Uh, we're going to start burning off, Bur- burning burning the land in a different way in those places. And fire will fill that ecological niche, but we have to manage it, you know. Um, and then those techniques, that gets developed over a long time because you can't just throw an intervention in there. You have to see all of the externalities. It's like, well, where is that smoke going to go? You know, right. um, are the places that we're going to burn and the particular ways we're going to burn, is that going to facilitate the drawing down of enough carbon, you know, into a sink? Um, that it will be more carbon than, than what was released into the atmosphere from burning off, you know, for example. Uh, and, the, and that's nothing. Carbon is like 1% of the problem. There are so many more things to consider. So, you know, over quite a bit of time and intergenerationally and a lot of supercomputing with all those minds together um, in a web of relations going right out through the landscape, that's when you decide whether or not you do CRISPR. You know, that's you, you don't just go, well, we can't. Well, I, I think I know how I can do CRISPR. You can do mm-hmm. gene editing in a way that everyone can have one in their garage and have a fucking glow in the dark chihuahua. You know, um, we can make vaccines let's for do everything. It. Let's oh, like, how do yeah, we do exactly. that? And it's, no, 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 no. Fucking think about it first, like yeah. for a generation or two. Like, you really need to sit down and everybody's mind needs At to least. be on it. And you need to figure out how. You can do it and not kill everything first. Right. Um, yeah. That's how you do technology. <laughs> Listen, that's never how that's done. Yeah. But that's how that's how you're working within the law of the land. And there are deeper layers of the law of the land, like um like it actually has substance as well. And it comes from somewhere and it's always flowing through and there are different substances and different physics um, around the law of the land you know but essentially it's it's a kind of an energetic system where there are these lines of power moving through um, of, of ancestral travel um, etc and ancestral oh, okay. events and stories built in, built into the landscape um, that aren't just stories and they're not just myths um, and and they may not be the idea is that they're not literally freaking true 
<laughs> okay. you know, mm -hmm. but they are, uh, true. they're true on another level, mm -hmm. you know, um, right. They're not, maybe not true, but they're truth. They're, well, they're metaphors for the movement of spirit, you know, and, and, uh, and yeah. every, so the next, the next mob over in the next region, they might have the same story. Uh, but there's different names for those creator beings and the creator beings might be doing something completely different. But those two stories sit very close, like comfortably alongside each other. We don't have to go to war over that. Like, nah, that, that constellation's not his canoe. That's a freaking emu. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, these people have the wrong idea of God. Let's kill them. Like, no, no, no. Those stories have to, th those stories are two pieces of the same puzzle. So it's like with theories in science, uh, you know, a theory that's been proven over time and is generalizable, it's, it's only effective in some contexts. And then when you move to another context, you need to shift to another theory. And those mm -hmm. two don't need to go to war with each other. It's like a patchwork quilt, you know. Right. And it's the right. same thing here. There's this mosaic pattern um, in the landscape of ideas and different times, different reasons, different seasons, different contexts, and all those stories sit together under a continental common law, um, okay. which is not limited by this continent. It goes elsewhere as well around the world. And, and that's the law of the land. Um, all right. And it's, there are, you know, increasing layers of knowing that, that you come to, uh, you know, as you go along. And like I said, I'm, I'm more than satisfied with my 14-year-old boy level of knowledge about that. Uh, that, that gives me enough to work with for a few more decades um, in, in, in this, uh, I don't know, world of, of podcasts and PhDs and, mm -hmm. you know, publications and books and all that sort of thing. There's this 14-year-old boy knowledge of the law of the land is, is more than enough for several volumes of, um, of things. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that resonates with me and i don't know about you taryn but it when i first heard you talk about that it, it like immediately went into our wheelhouse which is chinese medicine oh uh, yeah which you know it's like the more i think about it is it at least what especially the aspect that we're studying is very much like an indigenous kind of medicine or an indigenous indigenous knowledge base because mm. it it talks about stuff like that where i mean the we talk about you know expanding the picture the perspective out as far as you can expand it like beyond the yeah. universe you know so where everything centers around the concept that the um, the universal truth is that everything is breathing like the there's the contractile force and the expansion force mm. and that generates the movement of everything mm. and and so but this one text that we're picking through um, which governs all of our medicine and in a lot of ways the way that they viewed life and still still do um, that they sort of break it down somewhat in each level from the cosmic to the terrestrial and tangible and down until you know the the a very microcosmic level where we can actually treat and affect people's mm. body you know what i mean so because it sounded like i like i wanted to learn more and more about the specifics about the the natural law because it i wanted to see like you know where the patterns were that and the overlaps were in you know in the way that we um view the i hate to say the body but mm. you know, our 
intangible corporeal selves. Yeah, um, I mean, you're talking, so the body, right, in this case, we're looking at uh, sort of a holographic frame mm-hmm. or, you know, boundary set for mm-hmm. these universal patterns, right? So that the the human organism or an ecosystem or a planetary system or a solar system or a galaxy there are these consonant um, principles and patterns that underlie the movement mm. at every level. And so the Neijing is really a text about trying to see to the deepest level possible mm. what those patterns look like and mm. then and start with the cosmos, right? And then, That's it. And, and, and then look at the interaction between the planet and the cosmos and how that gives rise to life right and then by understanding the cycles within those cycles Mm. right how the breath pattern of expansion and consolidation like as you iterate that through different kinds of what one of our teachers likes to call dimensional shifting which is Mm. basically like you put different boundary sets on it yeah it's going to change the thing from like you know, it's just this big expansion consolidation mm. to like, oh, it's going to circle, it's going to spiral, it's mm. going to form a wave, it's going to create, you know, the shape of a tree or a yeah. coastline. But all mm-hmm. fundamentally, right, there's this one pattern that then keeps getting, um, depending on context, right, it keeps mm. shifting, That's right, it. expressing in these different ways, right? Well, it's not um, a ver- vertical curriculum to come to an understanding of that, uh, to right. come to an understanding of, like, a lot of people... Um, learn acupuncture, learn Chinese medicine, learn these energy systems. And it's even happening a lot in China because uh, there's been a lot of, uh, well, the economic activity that's happened there over the last couple of decades. Um, the psychological studies do show that the uh, the cognition has changed and moved more towards that linear uh, analytical, uh, you know, not holistic cognition going on. Well, I mean, and you know, so people are looking at, because so now, people focus on the body. And they say the body, the health of the body, but but your traditional medicine in China, as as with everywhere, uh, it didn't start and stop with that. It's the entire context of a person's life, and and going as you say right out to the cosmic level. But that's not a vertical curriculum, Rose, either. You're not starting at the the cos- cosmic level and then coming down to you, and you're not starting at you and then building up to the cosmic level for self actualization right. or anything either. It's because where right. where are you born? On that continuum, where do you start start your learning? You know, you mm-hmm. start your learning in, in, well, in relation with your mother, but in a place, and you learn that mm-hmm. place. You learn that bioregion there. You learn how it mm-hmm. works because, you know, everything little is a little version of everything big. And, you know, you see the patterns there, and, that, and then that's where you, you know. So you learn your mother's body first, and then you learn mm-hmm. your mother's country, your mother's land. Mm-hmm. And the law of that land comes through her, you know, for you. And then you learn that landscape and how it works. And then you learn your body and you realize everything that your mother put into your body, you know, and and your mother's, because all her sisters are your mother's too, you know, everything that's come in there. And it's a million things. All right. And 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 it's it's so... uh, it's so long-term thinking. Okay, so for example, you know, when you're a baby in some places, you know, traditionally here in Australia, your mum will take take you to a certain tree and crush up the leaves and get you to smell the leaves, a very particular scent, and then tickle the hell out of you. And we'll do that for a few weeks so that every time, and then eventually it, it's like operant conditioning or something, you can mm-hmm. smell those leaves mm-hmm. and you start laughing. 
you know, mm-hmm. and that is for something that's not going to happen for twenty years. You know, when mm-hmm. when when your um, when your boy grows up and and he hasn't been laid yet and he's getting all proper incel and <laughs> angry as shit, and he's like, I can't get a girlfriend, I gotta kill myself, and then give um, the leaves. Yeah. Mama just breaks yeah. out the leaves and holds him under his nose and he starts laughing and the depression's gone, you know, like it, it, uh, it, everything's in this pattern that's going, you know, over deep time, you know, through your life. But then, you know, things are anticipated a couple of decades in advance and, and built into a way of life and a way of living where all of these things are taken care of, like right the way through and not just in your lifespan, but across multiple generations in either direction, you know. Because when you're looking at that different sort of concept of time and how it works, you know, your descendants are your relatives in the same way that your ancestors are your relatives. That goes, you know, for good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's pretty cool. cool. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. cool, but it, it takes a lot. Like you can see the, the intellectual, you can see why, um, you know, Cro-Magnon man, for example, had, had a 10% bigger brain. You know, the theory behind that is that, uh, oh, no, well, you know, Paleolithic life, you're in fight-or-flight response mode all the time. And so you had to be hypervigilant. Mm-hmm. So you had you had to be on, switched on all the time, and that's why the brain got bigger. And it's like, bullshit, we all know you don't learn anything when you're in that state. Right. Like, exactly. we know that, uh, you know, fluorescent lighting produces a fight-or-flight response, like neurologically for uh, adolescent mm-hmm. males. So that's why we've got them all in their classroom. <laughs> that's why it's yep. probably part of the reason why, why boys do so shitty at school because they're constantly like in yeah. <gasps> mode. Yeah. But we know from any any study of, of, of actual Paleolithic communities, not the ones who are experimenting with civilization or experimenting with hierarchies because, you know, that, that always happens. Pe- people experiment with these things. Um, we even experimented with it here, but we didn't inhale, you know. Um, <laughs> but there, there are some places, like uh, in Victoria, in the south here, because it's such a such a dynamic landscape in terms of volcanic activity. You know, um, they ended up building masonry sort of villages and almost kind of cities and stuff down here, and uh, uh, aquaculture, like lined masonry lined canals, like uh, farming eels and and setting up a trade of smoke deal right across the continent and all that kind of thing. So we all experiment with civilization, you know, from time to time, you know, it happens. You look South America, you look everywhere, you look at, uh, you know, and, and eventually you find out a way to do it, do it right. Or you or you, uh, you know, you realize that no, the physics doesn't work. We've got to get back to the law of the land, you know, mm-hmm. but your, your, your lifestyle, you know, your way of being it, it, it's so complex you don't have time to be spending all day working. You know, you do, you do two or three hours to secure, you know, nutrition for you and your entire family, shelter, all the stuff you need. It doesn't take long because there's an abundance there that you've managed over generations, you know, and then it's relationships and ceremony and ritual knowledge um, and riddling would you believe riddling has been a tradition here for tens of thousands of years like actually doing riddles like there are intellectual exercises all the time um there it's 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 intensely rigorous intellectual activity going on and that's why your brain is bigger because you know what we don't have fight or flight responses with predators 
the scientists will tell you, you know, and your evolutionary biologists like, oh, because cavemen, right, they never knew where when a tiger was going to jump out and eat them, so they always had to be on. It's like bullshit. Can you imagine from it being embedded in an environment, like you understand how seasonal signs work and how tracking works, right. you know, where you're not just looking at the footprints, you're looking at the entire context so that you know where everything is, you know where the megafauna is going to be at this time of the morning because of the dew on the grass and where the sun is in the sky and the season that it is, they'll be up there on that ridge. You know where the fucking tigers are. You know, mm-hmm. nobody in my community has ever been taken by a crocodile. Like ever, 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 right. ever. There isn't even a story for it from, from the bloody dream time. There's nothing, you know, because no one's ever been take, taken by a crocodile because you know where the crocodiles are and you're in totemic relation with the crocodile. So you have an understanding between you, you know, mm-hmm. it, there's not fight or flight. Mm-hmm. There is, you know, there's just intensive intellectual activity 24 seven. Um, it's huge. Uh, it's huge. And, and yeah, the 14 year old boy level is about all I can cope with. <laughs> but if I keep talking to Daniel Schmachtenberger, maybe, maybe my brain, will maybe you can go to 16, to go to 16. Yeah. He's just old enough to drive it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's amazing. Cause you think about like, well, where the, I mean, cavemen had clothes they had to get them from somewhere they weren't just weaving grass yeah so they didn't and they obviously didn't kill something on chance not a mega megafauna yeah you know it's like come on yeah and then you know i mean it's it's like stumbling around it's like uh, i don't know these organisms were just dropped there and had to work it out like why is my tummy sore Oh, it might be because I'm hungry. Why am I hungry? Oh, well, I better get some food. Oh, I haven't eaten for two weeks. Oh, shit, we better. You know what I mean? It's like, nah, come on, man. It's like, it's so abundant. Even in lean times, there's so much there you can eat. Um, So, I I mean, I went, so uh, uh, Uncle Noel is in the book, you know. I was out of country with him once in a really poor place um, that that was a really devastated uh, piece of piece of land and it was in the middle of a unseasonably dry sort of time so a drought so it was really there was nothing there and he showed me over a you know a 10 meter patch of 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 land 10 meter square um he showed me how there was enough food right there even in that poor season in the wrong place um there was enough food to feed 30 people Mm. and i'm like he's telling me look and i'm like bullshit you know and then he went through and there was like (laughs) I don't know, there was like 10 kilos of protein and like so many like plant thing. I mean, it just looked like nothing to me, you know, because I'm not from Western Australia. I can't, I can't read that country there. And I'm just looking at it and thinking, that's just a brown patch of dirt. But not, there was heaps of food there. It's this idea that, you know, you know, oh, you know, you, you, it's, it's feast and famine. You know, you don't eat for a week and then you kill a mammoth. And then everybody feasts and, and fucks and then they uh, and, and swim in blood and then they starve again for another week. It's like, nah, mm-hmm. sorry, man. It's not how it works. Right. Yeah. It makes me um, kind of tie back into what you were saying about, you know, um, the oral tradition and that's the, the main and the most important way we can hand down these kind of natural law or natural lore um, it makes me really want to cherish any 
elder that's alive right now in this country specifically because there's not as many people with that kind of knowledge you know people that have because i feel like americans are a bit retarded in that respect meaning like they're slow to learn and myself included because of the the way that we've grown up we've grown up within the system we've grown up within the capitalist society where we're fed you know we're just spoon fed what we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to consume and continue to go on the wheel and instead uh what we should be doing is just like you know sitting back and actually looking at the world around us and and taking in all this like you know all of the intricate signs and interconnectedness of it so that we could survive outside of the wheel you know like that oh, man two things that- i want to pick up on the elders and the wheel Let's just book, mm-hmm. bookmark that and we'll come back to it. I don't want to interrupt you again. Oh, you want to, uh, no, I mean, that was, so go. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I mean, well, there's not much else I want to say. It's just that, you know, um, I don't, I mean, I see that as like the vital part of, of trying to salvage something within an American society. Um, you know, trying to find almost like, um, like a consilience project, but for um, not necessarily indigenous, but that kind of learned knowledge over time mm. that you can only gain from seasons and seasons and seasons and, and watching those changes and watching those turning, yeah. you know, well, you, watching the pattern. Yeah, that's it. And it's in observation and, and gradually becoming embedded through a story into a landscape. And, and it takes time and stories important. Um, you know, you'll find for a start that your your pathway is not through um, indigenous knowledge. It's it's through processes uh, like indigenous knowledge processes, where you can find your own your own way that's suited to your region, but also to you know everything that's feeding into ma- making you who you are, and you know move move towards a transformation. It's like you know we're all domesticated to some degree. You know, and we all have fragments of, of what it is to actually be human still inside of us. And it's everybody, whether you're called indigenous or you're called non-indigenous, which is kind of bullshit, you know. Um, we're all just semi-domesticated and then totally domesticated industrialized humans. Ah, uh, yeah. And that, that's it. Mm-hmm. And most of us are not on our homelands. Most of us are living in a diaspora. And we all have the same task of, of looking inside of us for the fragments of what it is to be human and then piece together a way of being, you know, in the place where we are, uh, but then also, you know, moving with the land before the land moves you. So being able to be migratory when necessary, whether that's every 10,000 years when there's a cataclysm or um, <clears throat> every 10 years when there's a goddamn cataclysm, you've got to become mobile, you know, and the skills of adaptation and transformation are in you there it's part of your patterning mm-hmm. as an organism mm-hmm. now i did bookmark elders and um and the wheel and the wheel you know and, and this this comes into it um the wheel we're not talking about jb wheel hey <laughs> nerds hey game be nerds anyway um you, you can talk about jamie wheel if you want but no i don't think that's the wheel that you meant. <laughs> oh man he's my mate we, we jesus we have a good laugh eh? um nice cool. anyway Ah, where are we at? Yeah, yeah, that, uh, okay, elders for a start, you know, this trope of, you know, when an elder dies, a library of knowledge passes with them. Um, It's just, if that elder 
is accruing all of the knowledge and the law to themselves and not and not passing that on um, in very sustainable ways and in kinship and totemic patterns uh, across a lot of people in ways that are patterned to bring all that together again, you know, in distributed knowledge ways. If that elder's not doing that, then they're not really an elder. They're just somebody who's mm-hmm. learned some shit. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, an elder, you know, elders- eldership is a process. It's not a collection of facts that somebody's fucking swatted for an exam on a rock somewhere in the middle of the desert. You know, that's bullshit. Right. You don't get your elder you match. Know? And we have a we have a lot of, look, you know, we have a lot of self-terminating algorithms that uh, colonization's installed. And one of them is the, um, and they're all just wrong stories, like um, the last of his tribe. The last of his mm-hmm. tribe story is a fantasy that a lot of our old people have taken on board for themselves. So you've got people who are like willfully dying without passing on the knowledge. They're the last speaker of a language and refuse to um, pass it on to anybody just so that they can live out that trope, that wrong story, that fantasy. And, mm. you know, as far as I'm concerned, they're, they're, they're just, they're not elder. They're not eldering. It's, it's no longer a verb, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And when something is no longer a verb and it's just a noun, an abstract noun, then it's nothing. It's already dead, you know? And I tell you what, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't just learn that knowledge from nowhere. You know, they've learned that knowledge from a web of relationships from a hundred other people, from what previous elders have laid down. And you can bet that at least a dozen of those people have laid down the same thing again, and it's still there, and that that old bastard is not the last of his tribe at all, you know, because we keep finding this. We're recovering knowledge, songlines, things that have been disrupted all over the place. Now, often, even when an entire region of people has been wiped out, that knowledge is kept there for that mm. one or two women who, you know, managed to escape to somewhere else and have, um, and have built up, you know, a, a population again over a, a century or something and are now moving back to their land. And then the people from over there are bringing those stories back for them and language back for them and everything else because they've kept it over there for them. You know, we have that here everywhere. You know, so if you're not, if if your elders aren't doing that, then they're not really elders. So that for a start. And it actually leads to the wheel, Mm. the concept of the wheel, because um, there's Game of Thrones and everybody hates the last season, right? Like everybody's everybody's really upset about the last season because deep down everybody wanted their faction to win. Whoever they were identifying with, they wanted them to come out on top. Um, And even the, like, you know, low sperm count fucking sedentary Gamergate dudes weren't barracking for Bram. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so it was a low sperm count um, sedentary dude who, who, you know, and he didn't just win this latest revolution of the wheel. Um, which that's all revolutions are. It's just the wheel fucking turning and and resetting the power structure. You know, he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, weirdly, he broke the wheel, but he's just right. like smoothing the dying pillow of the wheel. And what mm-hmm. what is his what is his uh, power for that? What is his intervention? It's it's not a lightning war. It's not a mm-hmm. strike at the heart of this one with this one. It's not we've got to break the iron bank. It's not you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. All he does, he gets the old stories mm-hmm. from the first people, you know, and he mm-hmm. brings them forward. You know, 
He brings them forward into the now. And he makes sure the stories of what has happened now and what is happening now, that they become cautionary tales as well. And then he sets it up so that into the future, all the stories are there. And the wheel is just grinding slowly to a halt because he can't have any heirs. Right. And so, <laughs> you know, the next like weird king isn't going to spring from his loins and wreck everything. You know, for a start, right. what is over the gradual course of the decades of his life uh, going to replace the wheel is good story. And good story will go throughout Westeros and return them to some kind of fucking way of living that isn't going to kill everything and everyone. Um, so you're, you think Bran is the complex systems paragon, basically? Just good story. Good story yeah. and continuity of good story. Because, I mean, it does He's closing that loop. Of... So it's an open loop in, in right. Mac terms, you know, the story. Yeah. So in order to create bad story, like the myth of progress and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you're creating these open loops and, and there's entropy. Mm-hmm. And he's just making that closed loop happen again. Mm-hmm. Like a fucking integral theorist or something. He's combining them, <laughs> all the things together, you know. Um, or like yeah. the innate circulatory intelligence of the system, Lucas. Right. Yeah. Right? To tie right. it back into... You know, yeah, the, the naging orientation, right? That's yeah. just there's it's we're we're speaking the same thing, right? And these different with these different metaphors, different stories, right? Mm. Like you were talking about Tyson, where you have, you know, this mob over here and this mob over there, and the creator beings have different faces and they're doing mm. different things. But we don't need to go to war because like the intelligence of these different regions and these different peoples that are in relationship to those regions and those beings. Mm. Right, all have these kind of different expressions, but at the same time, somehow on some fundamental level, there's like a, a coherent harmony yeah. to those those diverse, you know, expressions of the way that that innate intelligence of the system. Well, you look. Is you look at what happens. That what, what makes China unique. What makes China unique is that for um, m- most of its history, so it, it it was experimenting with civilizations for as long as anyone else, certainly longer than Europe. You know. Um, it did not abandon its stories. That's that's the that's the secret, you know. And because it didn't abandon its stories, it self-imposed limits on development mm. and on progress. It was happy to go slow, you know, to the point that okay, we've got gunpowder, we'll let you use it for fucking fireworks. Right. But if you're doing artillery, that's just wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they yeah. actually, because they still had some old stories from before and they carried them through, they were able to impose those limits. Um, mm-hmm. You get communism come in where, you know, there's yeah. this cultural revolution where everything has to get thrown out the window or driven underground. Mm-hmm. And suddenly there's no old story and there's just new story. Right. There's just progress. There's just production ramped up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't care communism capitalism it's all the same thing it's all based on a li- a limitless growth it's yeah. all a gross based growth based paradigm my son is really pissing me off What's lately that's my boy you know how old is he oh he's just learned about how much bloody distress he can cause by having a tantrum <laughs> and it was just do it random out of nowhere yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My daughter was like that for many, many, many years. Yeah. Uh.
pause. <laughs> oh, what's this? I think I found the key. There we go. To, uh, oh, there we go. Let's see, speaking of. You found oh. the video uh, secret, no? No, um, I found the secret to to figuring out. Like I'm not good with the Zoom yeah. setup, and it um, it just breaks my mind. Yeah, and I think it's because I can see myself. Ah, uh, yeah, you can and hide yourself. You on a Zoom, on right? There's a study on that. If you hide yourself, it helps. Yeah, it really. Yeah, it really does. I mean, especially in a conversation, I don't look at myself in the conversation. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I'm not. You know, like. My wife's an actor, but um, mm. like actors do, you know, like yeah. <laughs> they get so strange. I don't know. You know you have it's, to be a- it's not a thing for me because I, I don't recognize myself. I don't recognize my image as me. Uh, that's not an ideological or cultural thing. It's just uh, for some reason it's something that I never put together in my head. So when I look in the in the mirror, I don't feel like I'm looking at me at all. It's, Tyson, do you know I, Douglas Harding's some uh, kind of dysphoria book? going on? So I don't really care. On having no head. This ugly dude on the screen, I, I don't even recognize that as me. Who, Douglas Harding? <laughs> yeah, do you know Do you know this book, On Having No Head? No. <laughs> it sounds awesome. It's pretty awesome. It's, it's, a, it's like a you know, 60s spiritual classic. This dude was an English guy who had this kind of like non-dual realization where he like – he looked at a portrait that a physicist, I think it was Carl Mack, had done mm. from the point of view of himself – so there's no head in the self-portrait. It's just his like body coming out of nothing. And it like was this thunderclap for Harding where he was like, I, I've, I've never seen my own head. All I, I like just look out from this space. Mm. And even if I look in a mirror, I mean, it's like I'm still looking out from this space, yeah. this big space. And everything's just kind of like in, in whatever that empty space is. But just reminded oh, me awful. of that when you were talking about looking at yourself and yeah. not recognizing that image mm. as yourself. Because yeah. Harding would be like, well, that's not yourself. That's just your public mm-hmm. self. Your private self is this, like, you know, yeah. vast, spacious, empty and full at the same time, you know, awareness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, so, but that's, yeah. see, that's awful too, because that's like this individual, individualized sort of thing. So humans naturally, like as an organism, we we have a very fluid self-other boundary. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And this sort of Greek persona Mm -hmm. is not really part of it. You you know what I mean? Um, Yeah. 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 So it's in in so many of your your dialogues with other entities, you know, human and non-human, there becomes like uh, this, it's beyond empathy. Like I keep telling people, empathy is just training wheels for people who don't know how to relate yet. You know, mm. and you're not just inhabiting somebody's position. You know, you, you, it's not even like you are them and they are you. It's like mm-hmm. you are two. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if it's a group, it's like you are, you are that. But at the same time, it's weird because it, there's a two-ness to it. So it's, it's, you're not just being subsumed into a hive mind either. You know, you're right. also mm-hmm. a fabulous individual the, and the, your distinction your individual distinction is a vital part of that system that you're part of right. there. And I yeah. mean, that's how your dynamic systems work. You know, you, um, diversity is really important for every, every system. And that's not diversity of like markers that somebody bloody arbitrarily ascribes like, Oh, skin tone. We need to have eight different mm-hmm. skin tones around the table, like diversity of thought and of, of, you know, how a person is or what a note is. 
you have to be as different as possible to all the nodes around you that are similar to you <laughs> in order to avoid entropy within that system, you know. Um, you need that complete diversity. It's interesting, eh? Mm-hmm. Just, uh, I don't know. It sort of shifts a bit things around. There are a lot of entropic things going on with this paperclip monster right now. Sort yeah. of clustering people together. And, and sort of, it, there's this weird, you know, so there was that sort of thing that came out of Protestantism of uh, individuals having their own personal relationship with God. Mm-hmm. They kind of created this, and they created the cult of individuality, of each person being an island separate from everyone else and out there operating on the world. And I guess our, our market system, our irrational uh, economic system that we're in right now sort of arose from that as well. You know, the, mm-hmm. the game theoretical movement of all these individuals and, and what kind of chaos that creates, um, what kind of cycles come out of that or boom and bust and how you can manipulate that, et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, that's really sad. In a way, everybody out there trying to self-actualize at the top of their pyramid. Um, mm-hmm. It's just awful. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, you know, connect up. Because, you know, the, yeah. the paperclip monster is doing that. The, the paperclip monster is relational. And <laughs> and it's, mm. it's creating, you know, very weird, I don't know, it's, it's these weird... Like your identity, and but even your way of being in a group. Now it, it's not a group activity, you know. It's a group identity from which you extract your identity. And well, I belong to this group, um, you know, of hearing impaired people, and and this group uh, of you know. Now uh, I see where you're going. Brown people, and this group, right. of this this gender, particularly gendered group over here. And these are my intersectionalities, and that makes up who I am. You know, almost like it's an ast- astrological bloody chart. Yeah, I mean, as right. opposed to having uh, being a coherent story, it's just a set of details. Yeah, right, that all exist right. on some very surface level. It's yeah. like there's no depth. There might be breadth, but there's no depth to that way of construction of identity. That's it. Um, and that's the other thing too is is that it's constructed, it's built. It's like it's not it is not uh something that arises out of the mm. innate intelligence of the system, right? Mm. It's like we put it together. You know, I'm like, "Oh, let's take this mechanistic thing. I'm going to put this arm here and I'm going to put this yeah. here there and we're going to, you know, like make well, this little automaton." Complicated but not complex. complex. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's it. Right. Um, and it's necessarily, I don't know, it, it's weird because it is a complex system that's putting us in these these complicated entropic bubbles uh, because that's, mm. that is serving that system in some way. And that's the thing that observation does. And using that pattern mind, you're looking at that system and you think, well, what function is that serving? And then you're looking around like, what are the basins of attraction that are drawing all these things in? What are the powerful basins of attraction? And what ways can my family and community intervene in one of these basins of attraction to disrupt it in productive ways that will form, you know, um, uh, more creation-oriented basins of attraction. And Mm -hmm. so for me, that's what uh, this period of five years that I'm working right now, um, that's what it's all about for me. So I identified um, Game B, IDW, et cetera, et cetera, that I identified that as a very powerful emerging uh, basin of attraction and... um, Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, if I bring an awareness of the need for old story 
and the law of the land into that basin of attraction. Um, that will create a very creative and productive disruption that I, I think will um, make a difference. You know, yeah. so I bring all them old people and all the community stories. You know, um, and I connect people up. You know, through those those networks and then with each other, and and I I, I start trying to uh, just add this tiny little thread of story um, into that basin of attraction in ways that have that kind of knock on effect. And um, and and it kind of does. Like you know, I, I can see things emerging uh, that I put in motion a year ago, and and you know, things emerging from that in ways that I couldn't have planned for. Um, but are very dynamic and interesting and um, quite beautiful. And then I, I've got to actually manage the um, the externalities of that. I've got to keep my eye on, you know, what are the consequences of that that are, um, you know, having negative effects elsewhere and all that sort of thing. It's really weird, though. I seem to have done the opposite thing to what most people do and... All of the damage, <laughs> all of the damage is like, um, is, is happening to me. <laughs> like instead of outsourcing all my entropy, I've kind of, um, I've kind of insourced everybody else's. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, if you are uh, my health, open to talking about it. my health, Your health. My, re- my relationships, um, my engagement uh, yeah. with the marketplace has, has so disrupted my 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 energies, my patterns of being, my connectedness with the world. You know, I, I'm I'm I mean, basically, I'm speaking now from story that that I recall rather than story that I live. You know, yeah. I, it's I've I've had to very much disconnect myself um, from the the generative and regenerative uh, patterns and stories. Um, you know, of power that exist in my place and my community and my landscape. Um, but I'm also aware that, that that has a short lifespan because the the bulldozers have arrived, you know. So, I mean, I can sit there and keep enjoying the last of that before it's wrecked forever um, or I can get out amongst it and, uh, you know, uh, see what, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's a fair bit of me to burn. So I'll, I'll burn I'll burn up a, a, good, a good bit of it for a while and then... Um, Mm. Yeah, I kind of got a time limit now of um, I got about three years left uh, to live in the city and, and keep talking to people um, mm. about this stuff oh, and, okay. and writing things and, and you know messing messing with the basins of attraction. Uh, so yeah. I just got to get through three years and then I'm uh, I'm going home and what, switching everything. What's off. the significance of three years? Do you think? Ah, oh, it's or just, um, you just yeah. feel that. No, this 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 is my choice to. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I talk about it like like it's something I've decided to do as well. It's it's not you you you're placed where you end up being. You know, there's a, a, a just a child custody issue um, whereby you know fifty percent. Um, you know, my woman, her her ex, he got fifty percent custody of a child, and it'll be another three years before that's all. Uh, you know, before she can go wherever she wants. And as soon as that happens, we're we're uh, we're going north. Uh, we're not here by our own choice, but um, we're kind of like, well, while we're here, let's see what we can. Um, yeah. Yeah. What kind of trouble you can get into? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I, 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 I feel like I'm just, I'm starting that journey at the moment. Like this whole project with the podcast, and like, basically, since Taryn and I met, 
doing this class where we're studying the Neijing, it's been a real um, mm. renaissance period for me in, in, my, in my life, you know? So it's like this, this sort of second educational, um, you know, evolution. Oh. And I, I'm like gathering the information so that I can start some mis- mischief. Yeah. You know, cause I don't know how much like you, I don't know how much longer I'm in New York city yeah. and I don't know how much longer I can handle yeah. the city, especially now. I mean, everything's going to shit. It's weird though with, but, uh, with, with what you're looking into this. It's, it's, it's so much flow and acceptance um, mm-hmm. of your context that you learn from mm-hmm. that. And I think, I think it's important. So my woman's like, she's, um, she's been in dialogue with this Qigong master here for, um, for the last few months, you know, mm-hmm. so she started to learn that with him. Um, yeah. Mm. And he's like, uh, you know, but it's, uh, uh, most of it's metaphysics and, you know, um, mm-hmm. models of time, you know, so he's like, ah, so you over here, in, you know, here where we are now, you drive up the road, you can't see this place anymore, but it's still there. Like, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, entry, yeah. entry level 101 um, yeah. physics. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Physics. What they call Taoist physics. Yeah, in that's, certain it. Circles. that's it. And um, I don't know, it's just pretty cool. Uh, but it, mm-hmm. there is so much acceptance of, of what is there. <clears throat> and, you know, you find that in, um, yeah, you find that in a lot of those Eastern ones. Hey, did you ever watch uh, Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai? Hell yeah. Of course. <laughs> my, my, so, my teacher's in Please. That. Of course. Yeah. That, that's my teacher. Yeah. So when... Uh, that's my, I don't that remember movie. That's my favorite so movie. Well. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. All time. <laughs> so there's one scene where um, he's like ghost dogs, like just chilling, like just walking down the street, checking out the neighborhood. Yeah. And he looks down an alley. And he sees this little Chinese guy go into his car, and the guy jumps him, and the the, the old guy was like, whap, 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 and and knocks him back. <laughs> That's my teacher. Hey! <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. what's that sound again? Whap, whap, whap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's deadly. So that's your teacher. Yeah, this is crazy. That's mad. I, I went the yeah. other way. I've got a, um, do you know what a Geordie is? Uh, in the UK, it's kind of like, well, you know what a Cockney is? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah. Geordies are like worse than that. <laughs> anyway, What's the accent there? Yeah. Oh, it's like, okay, so so he's my he's my instructor, my martial arts instructor, and he, he's a he, he's a Geordie, and he's like, uh, he's like, all right, <laughs> here's how you defend against somebody grabbing your shirt. <laughs> And yeah, come on, grab my shirt. And I, I grab his shirt, and he punches me in the face. That's how you defend against that. No, here's how you uh, defend against somebody choking you. And you go punches right. me in the face. You get it? When in doubt, hit the cunt. Like <laughs> that's this thing. And I'm like, I, Amazing. I, I love this dude. <laughs> yeah, right. His name's Jim Armstrong, and he's just uh, it's it's just no nonsense. It's a it's yeah, about nice. uh, you know. It's about like you punch from wherever your hands are <laughs> at that yeah, time. Systema style. Yeah, so you yeah, can yeah, be the yeah. first dude doing it. I'm actually trying yeah. to get yeah. um, a Systema dude together with him and me. Cool. Um, really? So we, I've got I've got I've got the Zoom set up, but I didn't. I, I haven't sent him a. You're talking about Glenn Murphy. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you... Glenn's my boy. I actually hipped Glenn to your work. Boy, here we go. We're like fans in his way. Yeah, yeah. Blew his mind, and then uh, he ended up having a conversation with you. So. Oh, yeah. That's Glenn and I well, trained he, together he's, for a number uh, of years. He's following up on his promise to show me how to do that. Um, that I don't know that thing where you draw on everything around you. Nice. To oh, bring yeah, it yeah. into that uh, that blow where you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Kamehameha? Is that what it is? Uh, I mean, it, I can't remember what it's it, called, it but I'm like, oh, I, I want that. The name for it in Sistema, it's basically just where like, you have a cultivation of different perspectival shifts often yeah. is the way that you train it like where you're like oh okay you're like oh well i'm gonna think of my family behind me and then i'm gonna think of like all my training brothers and sisters oh, behind me i'm gonna hey. think of like my whole lineage hey. and you keep punching right because huh. so much of sistema hmm. is this kind of like uh methodology to understand these dynamics of, hmm. of strikes i mean there's hmm. a lot of pieces to it but the striking methodology um has a lot to do with building skill and capacity in these ways that are are quite frankly very metaphysical yeah and so you're really shifting your orientation so that what is moving through you very much like in an internal martial arts kind of self-cultivation mm. style right by mm. standing still for really extended periods of time yeah. you're kind of like clearing out the pathways so that there's no obstruction to what you want to transmit. Yeah. Sistema does that usually by having people beat on you yeah. and knock the tension out uh, of you and yeah. breathing through it. And Go then you start that. to have enough openness in the system that you can use some of these perspectival shifts to yeah. generate force in different ways. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that was, the, I don't know, that was one of the best yarns I've ever had. Not for other people to listen to. I think it was boring to listen to, but um, just for me personally, I enjoyed that yarn. Nice. With him. I hear you. No, it was, yeah, he's, that was huge. Good people. Yeah, and just uh you know how we connected up. You know, with um you know, um the system of things that I've been thinking about for like a decade. Mm-hmm. But the guy that I'd seen and then where that led me and, and the stuff that it led me to ask elders about here, you know, just from seeing that this old fat dude doing sistema and just like smile, yeah. smiling and like barely moving and these huge dudes yeah. were just dropping like flies and i'm like oh my goodness um yeah and and i don't know so it, it did lead me in a lot of these directions just from seeing those and then i find out that that's his guy yeah you know so i'm like oh we're related almost you know totally yeah, these thought worlds that are um you know from other sides of the planet but we're um you know we're going on these same paths um but you know what you know what else that's not like that? I, I, well, I don't know if that's like uh, spirit moving people in those patterns or if that's paperclip monster again, because you'll start to notice that uh, part of the vertical integration of um, products and services um, in our space here, uh, martial arts is part of that. Yeah. You can't be, interesting- I mean, Lex fucking Friedman, like everybody, everybody got to have a martial art. And everybody's yeah. going to, be able to talk about it in relation to finance or in relation to, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's an interesting question, right? Because like I'm, I'm pretty out of most of the spaces these days where um, I'm not, I don't have much of an online interactive presence. Uh, and so I'm not saying that I'm not subject to being manipulated at all. Like I, well, I'm you're not trying to now. come off. You, you're right, right, right I'm in now. it now, but it's the, th- and, and the three of us are having And we're talking the same language, even though we're from different 
continents, right. and I don't mean English, and we're, we're talking right. the same language. We're talking the same no, but code. This, this is kind yeah. of what I'm just, I'm, I'm sort of just flipping when I thought right? I was out, they bring me back in. <laughs> totally. <laughs> but I, I'm flipping it a little bit and saying, you know, on the one hand, there's that dynamic that you're talking about of the paperclip optimizer set but then there's also something else that's interesting going on that i wonder if it isn't more in in the vibration of spirit where it's mm. like you know some of these connections that we're talking about were not made yeah like in in the virtual space they were made in a relational space in 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 life right like i yeah. trained with glenn in person mm. over a number of years that's i don't it. currently train with him right mm. but then mm that connection and knowing him and us having sort of yarned together a lot about a variety of topics. Mm. When I read sand talk, I was yeah. like, dude, I have to hip glint of this. Like, you know, so yeah. well, is spirit, then, is spirit moving through the algorithm or is algorithm? It's a great question. Is it the ghost the in the machine or the machine in the ghost? Yeah. Mm. It's full on a, but that's what, I mean, indigenous inquiry pretty much is based on that question of whether, whether a convergence is a something or a nothing. Mm. 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 And that that's what you have to decide. Well, and, but you decide that collectively. Right. Yeah. Mm. And so maybe, you know, maybe us three could do that now with all of our converging stories. We could try and make sense and decide whether or not this is a something or it's an algorithmic nothing. It's fair. Mm. I'm thinking of what you said about old man Juma saying that everything has dreaming now, right? Too is like oh. so. Then what's the what's the dreaming of the algorithm? That's it. That's it. That's part oh, of creation man. too, bros. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, like now that it is, it's like it's mm. it's on all the levels. So, mm. you know, I don't know. Can we find out in the now, or is it the kind of thing where we have to kind of like continue to allow the story to unfold and keep yarning about it to see, like, yeah, you know, down the what? way. Oh, in, in oh. the now, in the now. Uh huh. In in such a way that our our great great grandchildren will figure it out. Ah uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's an inquiry. It's an inquiry, and inquiry is a process. You know. Yeah. That's cool. I just hope that they figure it out on Earth and not Mars or something. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we figure it out on 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 Mars, like you know, um, two months after they arrive. And and everybody their, dies. Their faces are just frozen in this yeah. rictus of of <laughs> final moment I, agony, like <laughs> preserved forever on that place. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, they can't. Well, I just they mean, can't like, even know. make like you know. We are the fucking planet. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, I know. You can't like, have a closed exactly. system. You know exactly, that if you like, have a vacuum, there's entropy. Like, you know that. That's its second law. Yeah. It's what they've been trying to make here, like, with all these enclosures. And they keep making it, and it's it's entropic, and it's killing everything. But, you know, if you make it a complete vacuum, ah, oh, you, you, can't, you can't grow potatoes on Mars, like, forever. Right, right. You can stay, right. Stay, stay alive for 12 weeks or something, but it's just, you know... You, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, you're dead. There's no, there is no Mars. What do you think about? I got into this podcast for a little bit. Um, I forget what the name of it is right now, but it, uh, it's um, the series. The subseries is called "The Making of Mars." Yeah. And so it was a whole deep dive into like, what would it be like to colonize Mars? And is it possible? And like, if so, how do they do it? And the guy talked to like all these really cool. Did he talk to Ken Stanley Robinson? 
Uh, I don't know. What's his What's his bag? He, he wrote the trilogy on terraforming Mars called mm. Red Mars, oh, Green Mars, probably. Blue Mars. It's it's astoundingly oh, yeah. brilliant. Um, yeah. So, so what if you know? In a, I mean, maybe this is in our future. Who knows? But what if we actually start the process of terraforming Mars? Mm. So we're actually starting. You know, maybe you can c consider it to be artificially but you know we're a natural force affecting mm. another thing I, I don't know but you know you start to terraform mars and then let's say in the like thousand years couple thousand years that is actually a green planet habit habitable for us and like Ma mars, is, uh, you know, mars is already terraformed perfectly for the entities that are there right everything in the universe is so mm -hmm. how are you gonna fuck with that <laughs> You know, hubris. Human. Hey, hubris. <laughs> I mean, it's right. insane. It's already, right. you know, I mean, you know, everything is, I mean, in our way, you know, everything has spirit, everything's sentient, everything mm -hmm. uh, is sentient, even in the sense that it's part of a self-organizing system, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. it's exactly where it's supposed to be and it's doing what it's supposed mm -hmm. to be. Mars is terraformed for whatever entities are there. You know, whether they're things that you can grasp, you know, with your narrow, you know, whatever way you're looking at the universe, um, you know, they're there and they're doing their thing. Like, you, you don't go there and fuck with that. Mm. Mm. I would love to hear um, a perspective of someone who's more like clairvoyant or just, mm. you know, more sensitive in that way. Mm you know, have them go on a Mars mission and, and just feel the land and be like, oh, should we even be here? Yeah, no, CIA already that did that. You can get the know? transcripts. You can get the transcripts oh, really? from the uh, remote viewing. Um, sure. Oh, I feel the, you. Oh, so remote they viewing had stuff. On the, on the camera? So they had like uh, so cool. game and clairvoyance, like like sitting there and, um, and, and talking through, <laughs> Really. you know, going and, and, and seeing all these other planets and that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and that was that Freedom of Information Act that come out uh, quite a long time ago. Um, okay. And until oh, recently, you could still find them on the on the web, but now you've got to go to uh, to your web history machine. No, you, you're, I don't know what Wayback that's called. Wayback Machine? Wayback Machine. You, gotta, Wayback you can only get it with Wayback Machine now because the CIA has what, taken- Like microfilm or something? Taken all those things down. Tyson, is there- um, lore that you can share about mars from your ancestral yeah. orientation or um just since we're on this like no, i would imagine I mean, I, that, that, that i i i own, i own like two or three stories mm. and and one of those stories i still don't know it yet um hmm. okay another story i've never really told outside of my own community you know because that's that's mine. Like, uh, sure. I, but I reference it. You know what I mean. And then there's um, story from elsewhere, which people in the same way they've told me that story. But it's something that you can reference. Um, right. Like you can reference it. You know, but I can't just tell all that story because that's that's in a context, and that's in a context mm -hmm. of law that you're learning the law of that place. Uh, if you're hearing that, you know, so I can't just story it out like that, but there is, um, so you'll find a, a, a lot down, uh, 
right down through the south in, in Australia and in, you know, New South Wales, Victoria. You know, there's a lot of, um, uh, and the story shifts as you go across different regions. Um, but there's a lot of this idea of um, of a particular creator being. Um, whose name changes as you go right down from here and then across to South Australia, um, seeing uh, through the eyes of, of an eagle. Mm. So in the daytime, it sees through the eyes of the eagle, you know, this creator being. Um, at night, it sees through. Um, it's the eyes that it sees through at night from the, from the night sky is um, uh, through this particular metaphysical sort of turning around. Uh, because those are places there, but he's seeing from those places in a weird way. Mm-hmm. It's not physically his eyes, if you know what I mean. So in the same way as he's able to see through eagles in the daytime, at nighttime he's able to see through those di- distant places, uh, which is Mars and Venus. Mm. So you've got blue one, red one. Now that story and that ceremony is managed uh, across quite a, a long distance, Um uh, through uh, different communities that are separated by, I don't know, about a thousand kilometers, uh, different kinds of opal, you know. So you've got um, you got uh, this red opal and blue opal, you know, north and south uh, that are brought together in a certain place, um, uh, northwestern New South Wales, um, for ceremony there. Uh, so you've got the and so basically the the red opal is Mars and the blue opal is Venus. And there's a big ceremony that brings those things together um, uh, to keep those kind of generative cycles of creation in motion and to maintain that oversight, if you like, and to maintain that story um, that keeps that sort of dance in motion. Uh, that then intersects with a lot of other uh, different stories going across. So, so big ones that weave everything together all around Australia, like the Seven Sisters, mm-hmm. the Pleiades sort of business there and... Um, and that one goes all around the world. You'll often find them called Seven Sisters, even though there's not even seven stars there. It's all same story, you know. So we all have that same patterning, you know. It's right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and some of us just look after those stories in particular places, like these old fellas from, you know, different tribes, different languages, separated by vast distances that are bringing together those two different rocks periodically in this ceremony cycle, you know. Uh, that brings together different dreamings and and uh, and sort of makes a big ceremony, you know, periodically to make sure that those things are in sync. Um, is the interval between those ceremonies something that is a regular amount yeah, of time, or is it yeah. based on some kind of other rhythm? Yeah, no, it's the it's that uh, it's that um, uh, astrological astronomical cycle, not astrological. Jesus, okay. um, astronomical cycle. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's different cycles and different times where that happens. And, look, we've got a lot of sites that um, that show where that happens. So there's one, I, I mentioned that one uh, down here, Wurdiung, that's, that's near where I'm staying now. Um, you know, where you, you go and, and you can see them all. Like, so you can see Mars, Venus, but also, you know, um, Saturn and others all lining up perfectly on this, uh, this very rare event. And I've been lucky enough to be there where you've got this sighting stone and then the stone, stone circle up the hill, but there's one tall one, and it all lines up straight, you know. So mm. the sun sets directly behind that tall stone, and all the planets line up in a in a, like a cool. belt. And then mm-hmm. the rising full moon comes up in that perfect line behind you. Wow! 
So from that siding stone, you're on that line. We're just on this rare event. They all they all line up in that way, with wow. a full moon and a setting sun, and all of those planets are lined up there. And you just go. Uh, there's stuff that happens there. So you know, I, I think yeah, like I mentioned right. there, there were a lot of signs and stories that I saw. You know, east and west looking, and north looking, and seeing different things happen and go. Oh, that's a something. That's a something. Oh, these are mm. things that need to happen next and you know weirdly that that directs your attention and your observation and your inquiry into fucking things like um game b in the intellectual dark web strangely enough it is all yeah. connected because, brother. yeah because that. you start yeah. then you know going okay so the complexity theory is something i need to explore and then so you look santa fe institute and then you start to see where that's connected out yeah and you know and i followed yeah. this same road brother yeah, yeah and you crazy. you finish up um you know talking to you fucking listening to <laughs> yeah we're talking to each other but then you end up like exactly. you know going why am i listening to joe rogan talking to some mma fighter who's been hit in the face too many times um you know <laughs> you finish up there but then you've got to come back to that place and remember that story and remember that uh spiraling cloud that you've never seen anything like mm-hmm. and you're like oh, all right mm-hmm. that's that uh that's a snake. That's my. I've got to keep my focus on the continental common law, uh, bringing all of mm. those stories, you know, uh, reconnecting all those regenerative sign, uh, song lines, you know, mental mm. maps and stories and understanding, and just um, mm. be Bram the Broken around the place for a bit. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think you you got to break a bit. you got to break a bit. We all need to break a bit, every single one of us. Yeah. Um, in order to transition to um, a, a reconnected sort of continuum of story, we get that closed loop happening mm-hmm. again where the stories are feeding into mm-hmm. each other and recycling through. Um, and we can reclaim our physics then, our, our, our proper law of the land uh, as human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I'm going there for now. <sighs> but, you know, I'm not paying enough attention to my intersectionalities bro so it's, uh, <laughs> not everybody likes it yeah yeah so, so the last season i don't want to um good. what's that so i'm just the last season was good i reckon yeah i read the books but i never you saw the television fucking show. love the last season oh. of game of thrones i just loved it yeah really yeah man that's funny everybody hated it but I'm just like, nah, I, that's the only way. I can well, I like your exegesis. I mean, it doesn't make me want to watch it, but I think it's, <laughs> I, I, love, I love the retelling. Yeah, man. It's pretty epic, to be honest. Yeah. The retelling more so than the watching. But yeah. I was fine with it, except that I didn't buy that John and Daenerys were actually falling in love. That's all. But that's my whole thing. Oh, oh, yeah, there's that. Um, I, I think the, the, only, the only part that's concerning is um, somebody needed to kill Arya. Who they saw? I'm pretty sure when they started the thing out, they were calling her Aria, <laughs> which is how it's spelled. But I think that was um, like a bit too white supremacisty. So that and they're calling her Aria in a weird way. But um, you know, Aria is like going. You know, the whole thing ends with her going, "What's west of Westeros? Nobody knows. Right. That's fucking right. We'll go proper west, real west." Right. <laughs> 
I'm going to go and discover, like, you know, all you think you West. Hey, that's not West. I, you wrecked the West. Now I've got to right. find new West. West of West. Right. Like, don't. <laughs> I just, um, I like to imagine at that point there's a big storm and uh, sinks that boat before she wrecks it all again. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think HBO is going to agree with that storyline, though. Yeah. Sorry. Are they going to do more of that stuff? Yeah, they're supposed to be doing spinoff. Oh. oh, they're not doing more. I, that's what I heard, yeah. Oh, yeah. No. They're doing a couple, like the Arya yeah, thing. The I nerds think won. Thing. The nerds won. And, <laughs> it's true. But, you know, oh, if you're going to die on, on a hill. The nerds didn't happen, friend. Well, come on if now. If you're going to die on a hill, there? Firefly. More Firefly systems, yeah. god damn it. Yeah, no, that's, that's legit. You They've know, been working on that. They've been trying to make that happen for years. Uh, I, I think it's fine. Just I don't understand it, why with all the it. Kickstarter crowdfunding <laughs> business and all the oh, people that Lord. love Firefly, it never happened, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's weird. Funny. Yeah. Deeply unsafe. All I know is that my buddy who who watched that, who speaks pretty fluent Chinese, is like, that's just despicable. <laughs> <laughs> the swearing. He hates it. He hates it. Yeah, he hates the it. It's like... swear words. Oh, can you imagine that? If you were watching, like, yeah. you know, if you were watching a uh, a Chinese movie, <laughs> and then you know they're just talking Chinese, and and then all of a sudden someone says, you know, ah, oh, fuck your dead grandfather or something, you'd be like, oh Jesus, oh my God. <laughs> like they the don't know illiterate foreigner tattooed yeah. in classical Chinese script on his forearm. Yeah. Right? Mm. Right. Well, one one thing I I think we probably want to do because we just jumped in, which mm. is great. But I think Tyson, if there's a, a beginning, you know, something we want to say for the beginning that we can put in the beginning. If if not, that's fine. We can we can do it a different way. But um, you know. I don't know. Is there, like, it's your show. Let me know if you, there's something you need me to say. I mean, um, I was just happy. We're pretty. For... We're pretty informal. It so, in yeah, some respects, yeah, totally. It went how it went. I just well, it, it was informal, know. but at the same time, like I said, we're we're all uh, talking the same code here. Yeah. You know, so yeah. we're, we're, we. But I mean, informal in the sense that we don't usually like Lucas and I will often put like a little like, "Hey, what yeah. are we? Do- who are we talking to?" Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. And. <laughs> I, you know, I just want to be respectful of the fact that I know at least in some spaces, you know, there's a set of protocols that oh, right. involve that are involved with like, hey, this is me. This is where I come from. So if, right. if yeah. that's something that you felt like you needed to do in this space, I totally want to make that available. If it's mm-hmm. not, yeah. I'm not trying to like. Um, I Normally, I mean, you, you have to do that every time. But it's, I mean, I, I respect the when in Rome thing. Um, yeah, oh, okay. thanks for showing that respect to me for um, offering that as well. But I, I'm happy enough with okay. the winning rope thing in a lot of spaces. Um, okay, right. I don't know, and 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 that's that's more on you anyway. So no one will get angry at me. I, I don't think. Um, but I don't know. I I I'm I'm just I'm just finding it hollow lately. Mm. You know, so in Australia, there's a protocol of like mm-hmm. um, non-Aboriginal people do an acknowledgement of country. You know, I acknowledge mm. that this is. This um, always was, always will be Aboriginal land that we're standing on. These are the mm. traditional loans of lands of these traditional owners. You know, uh, this is their country that we're standing on, and that's nice. But I'm like, you, you forgot the last bit. You know, which is I have absolutely no intention of giving any of this land back. 
right. yeah. or of divesting myself or sharing any of the capital that I've inherited from uh, the murder of all these people and the destruction of this land. Um, right. And I have no intention of, of stopping this progress that's killing this place either. That's If you're going to make an acknowledgement of where you are in the universe, uh, that's what you're going to say. So, um, you know. So yeah. for me now, I'd have to acknowledge I'm 3,000 kilometers away from where I should be. I'm in a very cold place where I don't belong. Um, I'm on Bunurong country, uh, which, you know, in, in a place called Nam, N-A-R-M, which they call Melbourne now, uh, which was a really abundant swamp. And now it's just mm. covered in concrete and all drained. And, um, mm. you know, I'm here um, sickening myself in order to enrich myself, um, I mm. guess. That's why people come to a city. Um, right to sort of try and, uh, you know, uh, play the game and spin the wheel and see if it, any of the power is going to land on you. Um, um, I, I have the intention of leaving as soon as possible. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm hoping that I get to do that before I'm damaged too terribly. Uh, this is my third tour of NAM now. Uh, <laughs> NARM. Well played, sir. It's, yeah, it's, well it's fucking brutal. And... Um, but I tell you, it's really interesting. I am uh, I'm learning a, a lot about the limits, uh, you know, limits that you have of, not limits of what you can achieve and do, but the limits of, of degradation that a person can go through and still maintain something of a sense of humor um, mm. and how important that is. Uh, so that's what I'm learning from the entities of land here. Um, um, that, and actually I did ask... Uh, um, ask the, uh, a particular place here um, and, and the land. I, I, I went into like a deep uh, conversation with that uh, and I was just testing out some integral theory ideas there. And, and um, yeah, and the country that the answer was uh, comedy. It was laughter. It was like um, that mother held the leaves under my nose. And so, yeah, so I wrote a really sarcastic piece about uh, integral theory after that just just taking the piss out of it you know instead of like uh, right. clean up grow up shop i'm like going you know slow down calm down step down <laughs> they were all downs instead and um it right. was just funny and nice. um yeah had some good laughs with jamie wheel about that <laughs> called me a sake bastard <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you can't have a sense of humor about your own shit. Oh, that's it. And you know, that's that's the right. best thing about this uh, this community, this uh, mm-hmm. this uh, game B world, and whatever you want to call it. I right. don't know if it even has a name, but uh, all these sense makers or blah blah blah. Um, mostly funny. Everyone yep. except the Weinstein's is, is uh, has a sense of humor. Yeah, those guys don't have a sense of humor. No, no, they're still traumatized really? because fair. Yeah. yeah. They're still traumatized. They didn't get over their grandparents' trauma yet. So then, you know, when a couple of kids chase them around with baseball bats and they just get all terrified about that, they're going to get past that and then they'll get their sense of humor back, I'm sure of it. Yeah, that, that yeah. seems reasonable. In the meantime, they have very, very uh, excellent spouses, it seemed to be. Oh. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. That's always good. Yeah. Love that Heather. <laughs> that, uh, what's his name? Brett, Brett Weinstein's wife, she's awesome. Mm. Um, I, I said recently, it's like Kathleen Turner and um, Kirstie Alley had a baby 
and that baby grew up and now wants to teach me biology through the medium of ASMR. Um, uh, I could listen to her voice all day. It's beautiful. <laughs> that does sound amazing. Yeah. I've used that. I've used that joke level. twice now. So I, 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 <laughs> one more I, time, man. I used that to uh, Jamie Wheel uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, I, I like okay. I, I, I crafted that little bit for him, and um, yeah. But I don't think he liked that podcast because he hasn't put it up yet. So stuff him. <laughs> oh, really? I, I give, give you that joke instead. He's good. Fair. Have it. We'll, we'll beat him to the punch yeah. and then he'll be all It's a waste of a bit. <laughs> it takes like 20 minutes to come up with a joke like that. And there you go. Hey. Anyway, uh, that's a couple of hours. I still haven't had breakfast, so I better get moving, eh? Yeah, yeah man, we, really we don't want to keep you. appreciate you taking appreciate the time it. to hang out with us. And yeah, no, it, it, was, it was deadly. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Good. It just uh, it did feel like family. And, like, you know, we obviously yeah. have a lot of stories, like, that are coming together here. Yeah. You know, through, oh, yes. uh, through all kinds. All kinds. All yeah. kinds. Lots of, yeah, lots and- of people and mm-hmm. place. What were you going to say, Rob? Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, I, I, again, I want to, um, both on my behalf and on the behalf of uh, some other friends who really have been deeply moved and influenced by your work, both in terms of Santoc and your work in the podcast, mm. just really express my gratitude and appreciation for what you're bringing what you're offering, what you're sharing with all of us, because it's, um, I have, I have found your work to be incredibly inspiring and transmutative in my own life and work, um, mm. in just simple, but very beautiful and deep ways. So I'm, I'm really grateful. Well, that's obviously been a, to... quite a two way street there, Russ. Some um, seems to be oh. working out all right. eh? yeah. Well, that, that was a real yeah. yarn and, um, yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's yawn again. Yeah, great to great to engage, brother. So mm. have a lovely, lovely day, and thanks again. Thank you yeah, so much, way. Tyson.